Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. I, I actually thought you weren't going to wave then, Tommy, for audio listeners, but, but you did it anyway. So audio listeners, you just had a wave in your ears. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, but we're back once again to uh, hand out some numbers out of 10 uh, for for how we think uh, our, the drivers on the Formula One grid have done this weekend. Uh, our favourite time, because it means that every single fan base is going to get somewhat triggered by our washed opinions. But you keep coming back every week, don't you? So you clearly like it a, at least a little bit. But before we get into that, Tommy... There was a rather large change in the result, or at least not the biggest of changes, but there was a lot of penalties handed out. Hell of a lot of penalties, yeah. Uh, loads of loads of penalties. Um, like you mentioned, we put a little um, short out on our on our YouTube and put some stuff on social as well. And yeah, one thousand two hundred uh, kind of moments that they were looking into, weren't they? Uh, which. Uh, I think it was Katie Fairman put it on Twitter actually that that's like 16 times Ooh. a lap. <laughs> Our old nah, big love buddy to Katie. Katie. Big love uh, to Katie. Yeah, 16 16 times a lap. Um you know m- on average yeah. on average so um crazy amount to look into uh the the FIA even basically said to Austria look you need to really think about changing the circuit because it's ridiculous and then handed Esteban Ocon a bunch of penalties just to make your biggest flop prediction even more savage. Yeah, look, Esteban, I know that... Sorry, Esty Bestie. I should apologise um, because, yes, I chose you in Bahrain as my biggest flop. Only out of vibes. I chose you again in Austria only because of vibes. And you've managed to accrue more penalties than Formula One's ever seen for one driver in two races. So... I might avoid giving you biggest slop for a little while just so that you can rebuild. Uh, but then, look, when the vibes take over, there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> it just happens. The biggest flop curse is truly back, though. Fernando, oh, back. Fernando like, wafted it away for a bit because he's just too powerful. too powerful. And then now, you know, you've, you've channeled it. So I wonder who you're going to pick for Silverstone. I already know who I'm picking <laughs> for Silverstone. Um, but let, you'll have to wait and see for our predictions as to, to how that unfolds. Now, before we dive into the full ratings, uh, it's worth mentioning our five-star review. We do it every single episode. If you want yours to be read out, please do leave us a review. It helps us a lot. Uh, give us five stars. Let us know why you love this podcast, and we shall read one of them out on the pod. This one comes in from Mariana in Brazil. If you want to listen to reliable and knowledgeable information and opinions about F1 while having a laugh, P1 is not the pod- oh, P1 is the podcast for you. I became an avid F1 fan last year and listening to Matt and Tommy have certainly improved my knowledge and understanding of the sport and definitely made me fall in love with it even more. Well, thank you so much, Mariana. Although there's part of me that has uh, complete and utter fear that people are learning Formula One through through what we say, uh, our washed opinions. We are creating a horde of Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen fans. (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're... All our wheel knowledge or lack of is what, what they're learning through. But what a lovely, lovely review. And I'm glad that we can still make people absolutely love uh, love the sport, even in uh, a season that may not have been the best so uh, so far, at least. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this adventure. Um, it's probably yeah worth mentioning, actually. People that say we don't know wheel, if we have enough people that listen to the podcast that learn wheel through us, even if it's wrong wheel knowledge, there'll be enough people <laughs> that have wrong wheel knowledge and then they'll say we know wheel. Perfect. Good wheel. Big brain strats. Right, let's get into the driver ratings and start with Logan Sargent. Logie Bear. He started the sprint in 20th, finished 18th, and started the race in 18th and finished 13th. And just before I go into my rating, this man has catapulted 
up the driver's standings from 20th to 19th with that 13th place finish. So I'm going to give him 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 for Logie Sarge. Uh, his best ever finish. Decent drive. I mean, look, some of the track limit warnings and penalties, these things happen. It wasn't like Logie was the only person. You might be thinking that's quite high, Matt, for a 13th place finish. But we're taking into account, this 7 out of 10 is taking into account, this is Logie Bear. This is a rookie. And this was his most promising performance. You look throughout the race and you were like, oh, Logie's up there. He was running in the points for a little bit before he stopped and he he was doing doing all right. So he deserves a high grade and that's what I'm giving him. Yeah, I've gone for a 6 out of 10. For Logan Sargent, not quite been what, as generous. What, because he's now not a P20 merchant, Tommy? He's yeah, a look, P19 merchant now. Exactly. He's moved up the, flying up the championship order. But no, he had a he had a good race, um, much more solid. Obviously, he's got the upgrades now. Um, and uh, obviously had an awful sprint. But in terms of the actual race itself, uh, didn't do too badly in comparison to Alban, who's having a, a very good season. So, um, yeah, definitely progress from Logan Sargent which is good to couldn't see couldn't give him a seven though could you you couldn't just be nice no. to him like no. you know what I mean fair no. enough look for me I'll do it for you Logie no worries we now go to Alex Alban started the sprint in 11th sprint the sprint in 11th finished 13th uh, started the race in 10th and finished 11th I have gone for the same as his teammate six out of ten uh, I think Alban had an all right race but I think it's a, a missed opportunity for Williams and he said that himself that Williams should be one of the tracks they should be good at with lots of long straights and Williams is one of the tracks it should be good at Did, is that what I said <laughs> <laughs> sorry this is one of the tracks that Williams should be good at uh, and Alex said that uh, that yeah he's um it's one of those tracks that that should suit Williams in theory and he was seemed a bit disappointed that uh, he didn't get any points and they probably should have um, maybe if they'd have also gambled in the sprint uh, that we spoke about a couple of days ago now. Or not gambled, have, I suppose. Not, well, yeah. not gambled. Yeah, they might have got uh, snuck in a point. But yeah, Williams are looking all right now, um, but maybe a bit of a missed opportunity for Alex, who's been driving well, but yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah, definitely better uh, if you compare to what Williams were achieving at the start of the year. I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Alex as well, same as Logie uh, on my side. Um, yeah, it was it was unfortunate for him to not score points. I think there was definitely a uh, a mistake made in that sprint. You know, not to say that I know the exact tyre degradation of the, his intermediates, but we all know why the not? characteristics of that Williams. I know, right? God, why don't I do my research? But we know the characteristics of that Williams is... Qualify well and pray to God that they stay ahead. But they relinquish track position, not only to some drivers in front of him that, that finished on the intermediates, but also the drivers that stopped a lap or two ago before him that went on to the dry tyres and had got the temperature in. So it, it wasn't the right decision. Um, but yeah, uh, missed a, maybe a point or two was was definitely uh, flushed down the toilet. Nick De Vries now started the sprint 14th, finished 17th, uh, started the race in the pits, finished 17th. I'm going to go with a three out of 10 for Nick De Vries. He finished the race. Positive. Finished both races. Double positive. Had an incident with Magnussen, though, which, I mean, the, the bloke literally just sent him into, into the beach, uh, did Nick De Vries. Perhaps there's a bit of pressure spilling over there. He did make a couple of mistakes, I seem to remember, as well in the races. And, yeah, it's it's not a step forward. I have to take into account a little bit that the Alpha Tower is not great. But Yuki Snowder has also proved over the course of this year that there there is a potential for a result if you hook it all together and you don't make mistakes and you qualify reasonably well. But it was just another very just subpar weekend for Nick DeVries. And he's running out of time. The summer break is approaching and that's when they'll make the decision. Yeah, I've also gone for a three out of ten. Not not a good weekend at all for, for Nick DeVries. He, you know, even if he'd been languishing around because uh, near near the back or back of the midfield because Alpha Tauri didn't seem that that great this weekend you just need to avoid an incident and yet again here we are talking about another incident that he had and he got you know a penalty for it uh, for pushing someone off the track so just uh, not particularly fast 
and getting in incidents and like you say and getting penalty for track limits as well and penalties for track limits yeah it's not going well for him um like you say he's re- he's running out of time um to to get you know a really good result that's going to turn his season around uh, and uh, it's not happening certainly although to be fair i reckon if you'd have told him before austria that you would be the highest performing Alpha Tauri driver of that weekend. He would have he would have banked <laughs> it right there and then. Yeah. Uh with how well Yuki's been doing, but it didn't do that well this week, did he? It didn't. Let's seamlessly move to Yuki Sonoda, who started the sprint in thirteenth, finished sixteenth, started the race in sixteenth, finished nineteenth. This hurts, but I've gone for a two out of ten for Yuki Sonoda. Um this is painful because Yuki we've been praising all year that he's this new driver he's so much more sensible he's mature um, and we saw the old Yuki Sonoda of taking off your front wing being a bit erratic getting loads of track limit penalties just and and dare I say you know Sergio Perez has been under pressure and I know it's a really long shot that Yuki Sonoda would jump up to the Red Bull team but with Perez under pressure, Yuki needed to keep, you know, delivering and showing that he is this amazing driver and keep that hype up. And dare I say, he's taken a couple of steps backwards now because that was just such a Yuki of old race where he's just kind of a bit all over the place. So sad to see, but yeah, two out of 10. I completely agree. Uh, Two out of 10 for me as well. It is very much that Yuki Sonoda that we thought he'd outgrown. We thought the shaky rear wing into the Paul Ricard barriers or the yeeting it in Q1 into the barriers at uh, Imola that that he didn't do it that badly but he obviously lost part of his front wing into turn one being too aggressive he then went incredibly aggressive at turn three and we thought oh maybe he is racing zero percent AI but then he went incredibly aggressive again into turn four and just went straight off into the gravel. It's almost like he thought it was, there was ghosting on or something and then, and then realised right at the last second that, uh, that there wasn't. So, yeah, a really poor weekend. Perhaps it is just the uh, um, like the pressure building up on both the drivers in some way. Maybe Yuki, we know he's a fiery personality. So when he's not getting results, we need to see how we can move that team forward. And results like this will not only push him backwards, but the whole morale of the team. If they have weekends like that, you never know what's going to happen to Alpha Tauri uh, moving forward. So, yeah, not a good weekend. We now go to Nico Hulkenberg. Started the sprint fourth, finished sixth. Started the race eighth. Did not finish because of a technical issue. I've gone for a nine out of ten for Nico Hulkenberg. Amazing in qualifying. I mean, how he is lugging that Haas to fourth for the sprint and eighth for the race is something that really needs to be spoken about more. Um Unfortunately, the Haas is quite literally a donkey in the race. That It is a donkey that doesn't have any kind of measure over their tyre wear. Their hooves, is it hooves? Donkeys yeah, have hooves? hooves. Like the hooves are, are running out of tire of life very quickly. Mm. Um, but quick over one lap, yeah, get that tyre temperature in. It's almost like they are a B-Tech Ferrari in that sense, where they, they, <laughs> they, they're great in qualifying over one lap, they get the tyre temperature in, but my God, the minute any sort of tyre wear kicks in, they just fall off a cliff. Yeah, I've gone for a 9 out of 10 Falkenberg as well. It was a brilliant weekend, to be fair. Um even even with the DNF, uh, the points that they scored in the sprint is a good result for them overall. So, um, yeah, Hulk was absolutely brilliant in the sprint. Um, his qualifying is phenomenal at the moment. And and as well, you know, he's he's owning Magnussen in qualifying as well. Um, it's not even like both Hasses are doing really well. Um, Nico has been putting that house where it shouldn't be um, and then just has nothing that he can do in the race because it's absolutely awful uh, in race space. So, um, yeah, good stuff from Nico Hulkenberg. The sprint actually worked almost perfectly for Nico because even in the sprint, the tyre wear started to kick in with those intermediates and they were like, oh my God, we need to pit. And it turned out to be an amazing strategy call and work out beautifully because they were able to stick on a fresh set of tyres and then really utilise uh, the pace of that Haas. But the minute you get into a long race, 
no chance. I, I'm pretty sure the Haas team just pressed a red button and said self-destruct and said, look, let's, let's just save us the pain of Nico finishing 19th because of tyre wear. Let's just turn it off. The only way that Haas is going to get a good result this year is if a five-stop strategy is the way to go. And, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then they might get a good result. Well, but... like 10-lap sprint races or something. Mm. That's, uh, that's the only way. Uh, let's now move to Kevin Magnussen. Started the sprint 10th, finished 14th, started the race from the pit lane and finished 18th. Gone for a 4 out of 10 for K-Mag. Um, yeah, not on his teammates' level. Um, the only reason it's not like a 3 or a 2 is because he's not kind of gone off on his own or made made a mistake or done something, but just not really um, much pace and a bit of a quiet race. Not much to say, really, other than just not where uh, his teammate was. Yeah, I was going to give him a 3, but then you made a really good point. Uh, and also the fact is need to take into account De Vries sending him to the beach. So four out of 10, I think is fair for K-Mag because of course that's going to put him on the back foot. Um, but yeah, still no pace. Four out of 10 is not something you're really going to be taking home and showing to your parents, is it? So um, I don't know what's going on with K-Mag at the moment. Perhaps it is just Nico in a really good groove, but he needs to start showing glimpses of Nico performances. Like, you know, there's been a few on the bounce now that Nico's really shown uh, that it's possible. What are you smirking about? I just, the, the way you said four out of 10 is not something you can be particularly proud of. And in my head, I just pictured Kevin Magnuson with his like, his, his P2 uh, Australia 2014 and then four out of 10 in the P1 with Matt and Tommy podcast for Austria as like, <laughs> like an achievement piece. on his wall. <laughs> Oh, maybe we need to send it to him. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see if he puts it on his on his shelf or something. Um, perfect. <laughs> Let's move now to Lance Stroll, who started the sprint in eighth, finished fourth. Started the race in sixth, finished ninth. I've gone for a seven out of ten. I was going to go for six, but I'm going to go for a seven because he finished fourth in the sprint and beat Alonso and outqualified Alonso, and uh, that's something that you know. He can he can take home to Lawrence and say, "Look, Dad, I beat a world champion." Kind of, um, it's it's one of those where it's it's good points. Aston off the pace compared to uh, Ferrari uh, and of course Red Bull. Um, yeah, it's weird. It just seems to be chopping and changing each weekend, which would be amazing if it was a a fight for the championship between Ferrari, Mercedes and Aston Martin. Um, but it's not. Uh, but they are fighting for, for second place for sure. So, yeah, it's, it was an all right weekend for Lance. I think seven out of ten uh, encapsulates that. Yeah, gone for a seven out of ten as well. The uh, fact that he outqualified uh, Alonso um, did you know, kept him behind in the sprint. I do think Alonso was maybe not, not sending it as much, but he was definitely trying uh, to, to pass Lance at the end. So, um, it yeah, his quota big... of like gassing up Lance and letting Lance <laughs> beat him in like the, the first half of the season. The mini race somehow. where you get one point uh, extra and then, yeah, look, he's, to be fair, the, the way Lance is kind of, it, it's gone so far. Uh, I think he can be happy with his uh, result uh, and he seems to be uh, improving uh, a little bit now. Uh, and that's a, a good side weekend, really, like nothing too major to wor worry about, I'd say. If that was where he was in like all the other races, I don't think we'd have been quite so critical of him. Absolutely. Good point. We now go to Fernando Alonso. Uh, started the sprint in seventh, finished fifth. Started the race in seventh, finished fifth. <laughs> gone for a 7 out of 10 for Fernando Alonso uh, bit of a quiet weekend for him really but I think he'd have absolutely taken 5th in both of, of the races with how far off Aston seemed um, I'm hoping uh, you know as an Alonso fanboy that this is just the the race where it doesn't suit their car and they're not going backwards I, I really hope that that is the case and uh, yeah think think it is so um yeah, I, I, Fernando just not really there. A bit of a quiet race, but um, a quiet race for Fernando being P5 in an Aston Martin, if you said that at the start of the season. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I've gone for a 7 out of 10 as well for Fernando. Um, I do love the fact that he gave Alpine penalties or his team did at least at Aston Martin of course they were the ones to I guess they didn't actually start the investigation because I think the FIA was already doing it when Aston Martin were like yo I think there's a few more track limit 
warnings that need to be have had a look at. Um, but either or, um, yeah, I think he'll definitely take two fifth places. I'm sure he's still thinking about the long game. Verstappen, maybe he'll have six DNFs in a row. Fernando can clinch the title. Can he beat Sergio Perez? I'm sure he'd love to do that as much as he probably... Well, he wouldn't say much about it, but you know deep down he'd love to finish runner-up. Oh, um, he says he to, wants to and thinks yeah. he can. Yeah, yeah. He wants that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, he just said yes, didn't he? So yeah, he's, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't go into uh, too much detail with that. But yeah, it's a shame. I'd love to see Aston back at Silverstone. Um, although, who knows? Will will they be good at Silverstone? It genuinely seems like a lottery at the moment. It's not like you can actually get a trend apart from I would say street tracks and you know the the Monaco's etc. Is where Fernando has hyped himself up for. I think he said Hungary as well, didn't he? And, yeah. and what was the other one that he said? Singapore. I think it was later. Yeah, Singapore. So yeah, street circuits. That is where the Aston maybe comes into its own, and perhaps as well that's where the drivers can make more of a difference than power heavy tracks like like Austria. Um, but hopefully they come back because we want to see Fernando right at the front again. Now let's look at the back of the field. Valtteri Bottas. Sorry, Valtteri. Um, Started the sprint in 19th, finished 20th, and started the race in 14th, finished 15th. Gone for a four out of 10 for Valtteri. Another anonymous sort of race. He got obviously lost part of his end plate, didn't he, uh, during the, the Grand Prix, Sonoda being incredibly aggressive, uh, which we've spoken about. But I'm, you know, I'm giving these grades, and I'm like, this man was in a Mercedes, <laughs> and he was on his day as quick as Hamilton in qualifying maybe not the race but we thought that qualifying was his specialty but we aren't seeing enough of this Valtteri is too chill at the moment for my liking and perhaps that's the way he wants to go perhaps he doesn't want to you know give 110% into Formula 1 anymore and he's just happy to Alfa Romeo it chill well you know what a lovely weekend it was He's turning into a Kimi Raikkonen. I was literally about to say that. You just literally stole that from my brain that I was about to say. Because, yeah, it, it does feel incredible. Maybe it's a finish thing. Mm. Get to the end of your career and you're like, you know what, I'm going to put my feet up now and chill. Um, yeah, I've gone for a four out of ten as well for, for for Bottas. It wasn't a particularly good weekend. Pretty, an- I say pretty anonymous, but also um, you know, had a spin in qualifying. Uh, the sprint was was awful uh, and then in the race weirdly it did look like he was kind of mixing up with a few cars sometimes in the midfield and a rare sight of Bottas actually racing and passing someone but yeah there then, was a point wasn't there in the sprint yeah. as well where he was fighting Hamilton on intermediates when Hamilton was on dries and we were both there like why, why now <laughs> why now Valtteri for god's sake yeah I wonder if one day that's that's Perez in like a few years time where Verstappen, like Perez joins like a Williams or something and then he passes Verstappen in five years time and we're like, why now, Perez? Why now? <laughs> oh, I love it. But we want to see you back, Valtteri. We know you've got the pace, but just come on. Let's let's see it. Uh, we now go to Zhou Guan Yu. Started the sprint in 16th, finished 19th. Started the race in 17th, finished 12th. Gone for a six out of 10 for Zhou Guan Yu. Kind of a normal uh kind of anonymous alpha race uh it would be a five but he's getting a bonus point from me because he was the only driver not to get a single not even like a a penalty or a warning like literally he did not track extend once and fair play Zhou Guan Yu because you proved our theory that you can do it you just slow down look maybe Zhou Guan Yu would have won the race if he'd have cut all the corners um but you, it can, he showed that you can, or all these drivers saying, no, it's really hard because you can't just put gravel there. It's difficult to stay in the tracks. Zhou Guan Yu proved it is possible. So well done. I love it. Yeah, because uh, I've gone for a six out of 10 as well. Um, and that was uh, another bit of my thinking was, ah, you know, he didn't get a warning. So therefore he deserves an extra point. But on the flip side of that, you know, because we need to play devil's advocate and not is always constantly just enough? massage each other. Um, is yeah is he pushing hard enough has it why has he not got one extension you basically get three free joker like places it's not a lap is it it's like a joker extend like you've got your tokens use them you know like use them wisely and then when you get the black and white flag oh sorry sorry officer I didn't mean to it's all good 
that's what I would say. Zhou Guan Yu, you need to you need to be hitting the sweet spot of three warnings. It's like when you play in the F1 game. You get the warning, you're like, oh, I've got two more, and then I'm going to get a penalty. You, get, you, you take another one. Because it's a bit quicker. Do you Fernando Alonso in straight line the chicane next? next yeah, lap? that was that was an instant penalty, wasn't it? <laughs> Bless him. But uh, but yes, uh, well done, Joe Guanyu. Though congratulations. But then he also proved that you can't score points without track extending. <laughs> it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. Witness history at the French Open, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May the 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. We now go to Oscar Piastri. Started the sprint in 17th, finished 11th. Started the race in 13th, finished 16th. I've gone for a 4 out of 10 for Piastri this weekend. I know he didn't have the upgrades, but at the same time, just, yeah, really not particularly good uh, weekend for him. He was pretty much meandering at the back. It was weird. We just kind of just blinked and then he was down in 19th. Um, So, yeah, there's not much more to say on it. It's a weekend to forget. He's already, he even tweeted like, see you soon upgrades. So clearly he, he believes that that car requires what, what Lando Norris had uh, on his car. So uh, yeah, Oscar will not, not be too happy to compare himself to his teammate this weekend. Now gone for a four as well. It wasn't uh, very impressive, but I know he didn't have the upgrades, but he's still, maybe a lot slower and we know Lando like I've said so many times an absolute goat around uh, Austria but still uh, you'd expect good as well because there's mountains isn't there so like being a goat being a goat helps <laughs> <laughs> helps at Austria I'm so sorry um, <laughs> now he's doing the dad jokes yeah I know um, I've got a kid but the yeah it, it's I, I think when we get when we see Oscar more normal track upgrades, he is getting there. We've said this so many times, uh, but this is just, I guess he just chalks this one off and goes weekend to forget. Absolutely. Uh, we now go to Lando Norris, started the sprint in third, finished ninth, started the race in fourth, finished fourth. I've gone for a 10 out of 10. Um, which may seem a bit mad because obviously he didn't score in the sprint uh, and maybe you know could have done a bit better there. But I think he was unfortunate to get caught up uh, in the kind of Red Bull fight, which meant he had to slam the brakes on and he dropped all the way back. But apart from that one small blip, you know, putting that McLaren where it shouldn't really be, um, you know, even with new upgrades, I think... Uh, I think the upgrade, the the bigger upgrade, is Lando at Austria because he always does so well. And uh, to to put it P three in qualifying, uh, sorry P three in the sprint quali, P four uh, in the main quali, and then to finish fourth as well, and kind of stick on the back of the the Ferraris occasionally with, with thanks to DRS, uh, you know, outrace Lewis Hamilton and stuff like that. It was just really, really good um, and a worthy driver of the day as well. 
Absolutely. 10 out of 10 from me as well. I don't think that's uh, too high of a grade for Lando, especially hauling that McLaren from where it was at the beginning of the year uh, to finishing fourth is uh, is a, a momentous achievement. Um, one of the drivers not to get a penalty... Did he not get a penalty? Uh, he didn't. He got a warning, no. I think, didn't he? But yeah, didn't because get a penalty it was then. funny because when that investigation was happening, everyone was like, Lando screwed, Lando screwed, yeah. Lando's the one that's going to get a penalty, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then he's the one that actually gained from the, <laughs> the penalties. You with assumed Alonso and Aston, yeah, were going after yeah. Norris. Instead, they wanted to wreak havoc on Alpine. <laughs> Who are next? <laughs> Imagine my surprise. Yeah. Uh, so well done, Lando. 10 out of 10. As we now go to Pierre Gasly, started the sprint 12th, finished 15th, started the race 9th, finished 10th. I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Pierre Gasly. Of course, he got a penalty at the end, didn't he, which uh, dropped him down uh, from 8th. Did he finish 8th or 9th? I can't remember, but he, he definitely dropped down uh, to 10th. Uh, but still, you know, scored a point was was better than Ocon, which is not something that he can really say for the last few races, I would I would argue. So um a better weekend for Gasly, at least in the race. The sprint, you know, something to uh something to maybe hope for a little bit more next time. But yeah, he scored a point. Seven out of ten. I don't think the Alpine was actually that good this weekend, so no, I've gone for a six out of ten, but after listening to you explain that he got a point, but then Oh, no, I am going to go for a 6 out of 10 because, uh, yeah, uh, I think it was just a bit of a mediocre weekend for, for Alpine. The car didn't look that that great, but, um, yeah, I go for a 6 for, for Gasly because it just seemed a bit bit average. Alpine are a weird, a weird team. Like, at the start of the season, they looked like they were best of the rest on that that kind of top four, uh, they, they were like the fifth best team easily, but they've really not picked up the points that they maybe should have to be like really clear in the championship. And um, so they're quite hard to judge, but uh, yeah, what one point when you've got like a, a sprint and a race is kind of an all right performance. Yeah, we now go to Esteban Ocon, started the sprint ninth, finished seventh, started the race 12th, finished 14th. I've gone for a four out of 10 for Ocon. Um, it's difficult because, yeah, he's uh, Ocon's finished the, the sprint uh, in seventh, so actually got a good amount of points. Well, I say good amount of points, but more than, uh, more than his teammate. But then the race, I think I do have to dock in points for just the kind of embarrassment of not staying on the track and you know seeing memes about like Ocon forgot he had penalties on and things like that like is is crazy that he managed to do it that many times maybe even crazier than uh that the FA didn't notice maybe Alpine are like the most we always joke are the most anonymous team ever and no one was watching them uh, even the stewards when uh, uh Ocon was driving a different track layout um so yeah I've uh, gone for a four out of 10. I've gone for a five out of 10 for Ocon, um, just purely because I was going to give him lower, but he scored more points than Gasly. How the hell am I going to give him a five of a Gasly a seven, even though he scored more points than <laughs> Gasly over the weekend? But then, you know, on the flip side of that, to have, I believe, I read somewhere, 17 of the 71 laps deleted over the course of a race is... Um, it's pretty good going uh, from Ocon. So, and surely he's now broken his own record that he joined oh, with Maldonado. Oh, but such a good battle in the sprint. No, six out of ten. I'm giving him a six. And I'm docking him a point because, well, maybe two even because of his uh, shocking behaviour in the race. That was a six out of ten because his battle with Leclerc and Norris wasn't it in the in the sprint? Uh, was yeah, I forgot that was actually really good. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, some of the best. Five out of ten for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six out of ten for me. Five out of ten for Tommy because yeah, I. We have to give some weight to the sprint, especially if he scores more points than Gasly, but also, yeah, docked points because he has the most penalties in, in a Grand Prix weekend ever now. So well done. Well done, Ocon. We now go to Lewis Hamilton. Started the sprint in 18th, finished 10th. Started the race in 5th, finished 8th. I've gone for... Oh, six out of 10. Six out of 10 for Lewis Hamilton. Um... 
I was going to say seven, but actually I don't think he deserves it. I think six is more representative of, of this weekend for him. Obviously he had that, that sprint issue, which, or the sprint qualifying issue, which, you know, we've already spoken about Verstappen, et cetera, and how they were both doing slightly well. I mean, Lewis was kind of unintentional. Max was a professional foul, um, but not even a foul, like a just, you're not coming through. Sorry, mate. I, I started my lap. Um, and then also in the race, of course, he, he got he got a pen he got a five second penalty within seventeen laps. So he had Ocon seventeen laps deleted, and Lewis Hamilton seventeen laps and he's got a penalty. That is me picking up the F1 game for the first time in a while, at strict corner cutting, and then you just see it pop up and you're like, ah, oh, it's flashback time. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. that was what Hamilton probably felt like. And then he was on the radio a lot saying that yeah, everyone else was extending. And it, it, it seemed like he was quite frustrated actually throughout the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, and one with which perhaps he had higher expectations for, the, for that Mercedes going into this weekend. It didn't transpire. Um, and not the best of performances from Lewis either. Yeah, gone for a six out of 10 as well. think it was uh, not... Hamilton's best weekend of Formula 1 card to say uh, the least um, sprint uh, if we start with that yeah qualified really badly um, and then yeah had the in the race there were moments as well where I feel like Hamilton maybe just does need to be a bit he's obviously you know this this part of his driving has been why he's been so good when he's got like the dominant car but, but sometimes uh, you know as someone that likes uh, a bit of racing and stuff, I do find myself going, come on, Hamilton, just send it up the inside. Because, uh, you know, it happened a few times where he kind of backed out quite early out of moves and things. Uh, and then we get to the we get to the race and I don't want to... It's I try not to, you know, give weight to someone as a, like a, a world champion. and But you, you do have to think about what they are as a driver. And Hamilton's had... A, such a good season I said it uh, before the start of this weekend that Hamilton's season has actually kind of gone a bit under the radar of how like very well he'd done been consistent and then we saw the complete opposite in this race where he was getting frustrated a little bit you know embarrassing that Toto had to come on the the radio and have to calm him down because he part of me thinks in the back of his mind he's he's he knows that that's going on the broadcast the whole time and everyone and it's making like lewis look bad and stuff so uh yeah very um disappointing weekend for for hamilton has to be said very uh not like the season he's had at all i'm also uh of the opinion that toto wolf's radio message would not have calmed hamilton down by any stretch of the imagination no. by telling him to essentially <laughs> shut up and drive um so yeah that uh that was an interesting team radio and one with which just not even just hamilton and the frustration he potentially has but as a team mercedes how does toto wolf bring them out of this rut that they're currently in if you you know you, it is a rut when you compare it to 2014 onwards yeah it's um, really weird you say that like you, you bring that up as well just made me think that you know after canada hamilton's there talking about yeah we're gonna get the deal done soon all this kind of stuff where and then and then you know you're going oh yeah hamilton's definitely gonna sign for ages and i do think he will this is just a blip but it's funny that there was so, so like such harmony and hamilton was there going we're getting there this is going to happen. And then it seems like they've taken two steps back uh, and Hamilton's frustration has really, really shown in that race. I did find it weird as well. I don't know if it was like slightly mistimed team radio communication, but Hamilton was complaining about uh, penalties and extensions and Perez and this, that and the other and Lando and whatever. Um, and then Toto came over the, 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 you know, that came over the phone and said, yes, we know the car is bad just like please drive it. it it didn't feel like the two really connected it was almost like Hamilton was going god this car's so bad man blah 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 it won't turn in but it was like a response to something that wasn't really relevant do you kind yeah, of see what I mean yeah yeah he was obviously because he did mention like oh this car doesn't turn and stuff yeah so so I guess <laughs> it just shows maybe how if you think that was broadcast how much we heard of it just think what it was like the whole time if you if we'd have had a live feed from Hamilton for Toto to come on the radio and say all right, stop now. You know, it's something we mm. saw. Was it Gunther with with K Mag? Was it last year or something? Where it's like, we get it. The car's not very good. Shut Canada, up. wasn't it? Yeah, it was <laughs> um, and yeah, for Toto to do that, uh, Hamilton must have been complaining uh, quite a lot uh, over the airwaves. 
Let's go to George Russell now. Started the sprint in 15th, finished 8th, and started the race in 11th, and finished 7th. Uh, yes, I've gone for a 6 out of 10 as well. Um, he wasn't on the pace of uh, Hamilton, obviously got uh, more points than Lewis in the end. Um, but yeah, difficult uh, difficult quality again, um, which, which I thought was George's like big strong point Mr. Was Saturday this, yeah Mr. Saturday and all that uh, where's that gone um, but yeah picked up a decent amount of points but really Mercedes were just uh, a bit lacklustre weren't they uh, for the whole weekend really they certainly were I've gone for a 6 out of 10 as well for George um, it is weird saying out loud that he scored more points than Hamilton when it felt like the whole time Hamilton had more speed and, and whatnot. but of course he had that difficult sprint managed to make up to 10th but there's no no points for that whereas George obviously scored a point in the sprint and then finished 7th uh, in the race as well after the penalties being applied so yeah George I'm sure he'll be very happy to come out of Austria and finish 7th um, after uh, a pretty torrid weekend Let's go to Carlos Sainz now. Started the sprint in fifth, finished third, and started the race in third, finished sixth. Hmm. What <laughs> does one rate Carlos Sainz for this? I've gone for a seven out of ten for Carlos. Um, he did look faster than Leclerc at the, uh, at the beginning, and um, I will also still continue to back my theory that he was only looked faster because he had his rear wing flap open for most of the lap, because that's the that's the beauty of Austria. But he was on a level with Leclerc, absolutely, um, and then had the amazing wheel-to-wheel action with Perez. But then we found out he wasn't staying on the track, so he got... Penalty and then another penalty, uh, post-race penalty that was, uh, which dropped him down to sixth in the end. So I can't give him any higher than seven. As much as it was really enjoyable to watch, he finished sixth. Yeah, I've gone for a seven out of ten as well. And it's really annoying because it's the same copy and paste every Carlos rating for the last four races where I go, oh, it's so annoying because he's really, you know, he looks like he's taking it to Leclerc now. If you forget about insert incident here mm-hmm. um because yeah he's just this looked like the one where he's really got that that solid weekend behind him and been on Leclerc and then unfortunately a bit of a bit of a shame that he's dropped down the order but in terms of uh, of pace wise he can be uh, very happy he just needs that that weekend where it all comes together and there's no mistakes or penalties or or a bad qualifying or something like that. And once he hooks that all up, yeah, he's he's right he's right there. Now he's like the Carlos that we saw in like 2021 Ferrari or, or even the McLaren days, if you like, when he was so highly rated. So yeah, it's a shame for him. And absolutely categorically not biggest good surprise. You have lost your I've point. Taken the point off that good pain. Uh, I've got it felt horrendous for Carlos to get another penalty, but then I just remembered. Tommy's Shut smug up. face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Charles Leclerc now. Started the sprint in ninth, finished 12th. Uh, started the race in second, finished second. I have gone for an 8 out of 10. Uh, it's a weird one this weekend because of the the way the sprint is, you know. If you take away the sprint, he's probably getting a 9 or a 10 because it's the best he can do. He's qualified second. He's beat a Red Bull uh, in qualifying and on the track. You know, somehow we even managed to f- uh, finish somewhere near Max Verstappen, even though, of course, that was because he did the, the three-stop. Um, but his sprint was really bad, like really awful that, that pops him down a couple of grades. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's an 8 out of 10. As a resident Leclerc fanboy, I am also locking in an 8 out of 10. Um yeah, it was a fantastic race from him. He did everything he could do. He broke Max Verstappen's lap leading streak, which, you know, that deserves half a point right there. Um, but yeah, his sprint was something to forget, but still solid 18 points uh, for Charles. So yeah, eight out of 10. He can be very happy with that result and great to see him back on the podium. Sergio Perez started the sprint second, finished second, started the race in 15th, finished third. I have gone for an eight out of 10 for Sergio Perez. I mean, didn't make Q3. It was, I mean, if, if this was the only time he didn't make Q3 this season, you'd go, you'd let him off because the track limits were 
crazy. We had other drivers suffering with track limits and it was incredibly marginal. However, it was four on the bounce and he had time to spare. Um, that being said, he he bounced back pretty damn well um, to third in the race. Obviously finished the sprint in second, tried to take it to Max, didn't. F- finished 20 seconds behind him in a sprint, which was quite painful to see. But overall, a second and a third it's better from Perez. It's more what he should be doing, especially if he's doing a recovery drive. But I hope for his sake, he's not doing a recovery drive anytime soon uh, in the next few races because he needs to sort out his qualifying. But thankfully for him, he had two qualifying sessions uh, this weekend, so he could not mess up one of them. And that's what he did for the sprint. Oh, Sergio Perez is so difficult to rate. Uh, I've gone for an 8 out of 10 as well. I was umming and ahhing about a 7 out of 10, but when you look at the results on face value, you kind of go, 7 out of 10 is really hard for him finishing second in the sprint and third. But you do have to think that obviously the reason he's not getting a 9 or something is because he's made the mistake in qualifying that's put him on the back foot. The Red Bull, you know, Max is unbelievable in it. So you you think that you know anything lower than second is not not a good result, uh, and you know Perez uh, hasn't been able to be anywhere near Max when uh, you know even even in that sprint where it was like level playing field. Finally, we've got Perez at the front again, and you know bit of battling at the start. Max says no, you're all right. Shoves him off, and then goodbye. Twenty seconds up the field later in a sprint. I'm now convincing myself a seven. Sorry, a seven. Yeah, seven. He's in a rocket ship, and uh, I've got to think about the gaps as well. And yeah, I've also read him too high later it's in hard the, earlier in the season. We call it a rocket ship, but I think there is partly we need to give Verstappen credit for the oh, fact yeah. that. It isn't like a arrive and drive cart. You can't just get in the Red Bull and finish second. Well, Perez and that's what is showing that, yeah. Yeah, and Perez is showing that. Let's not forget, Perez is not a terrible driver by no. any stretch of the imagination. So, um, so I'm going to stay with an eight because um, it's the highest rating he's had in quite a while uh, mm. from me. Oh, I wish we could do halves. No, no go on eight. Yeah. <laughs> the editor's going to be fuming <laughs> with you. Okay, we now finally go to Max Verstappen. Started first for the sprint, finished first in the sprint, started first in the race, finished first in the race. 10 out of 10. What else is there to say? Um, didn't lead every lap, of course, which is rare these days, which is a mad thing to think about. But, you know, the perfect... Uh, yeah, perfect weekend really and the, the audacity to pit on the last lap to get fastest lap and make make it an absolutely perfect weekend and grab all the points even when it was a bit of a risk just shows that uh, he is playing F1 on easy mode. He certainly is. I've gone for a 10 out of 10 as well. I don't know how you can give him any other grade. Yes, he didn't lead the lap for five, uh, lead the race for five laps, but um, he had to pit at some point. And um, we, we got a battle for the lead for all of about a we lap, did. Uh, which was which was lovely. Really enjoyable to see Charles Leclerc being passed for, for P1 once again. Um, it's burned into my brain at this stage. But um, yeah, Max is just unbelievable. And just, you know, continuing on from my point that, yeah, Perez is struggling, which shows that that Red Bull is not as easy as everyone thinks it is it is an unbelievable car don't get me wrong but Max Verstappen is at one with that machinery and needs to be applauded for for what he's doing because he is it does seem unstoppable he can do anything he can go and stop with a 23 second lead come out with four second gap he can then go and do tire prep on that penultimate lap lose a couple of seconds and then stick the fastest lap of the race in and, and you know extend that margin by a further three just anything and he does at the moment. Yeah, and look at that that weekend as well, where we've seen certain drivers, uh, Perez, Leclerc, um, Hamilton, where we've had a very um, wet sprint and a dry race, and Max has managed to just be completely dominant in both. Whereas some drivers have had, you know, they've been good in the wet and not so good in the dry or, or whatever, things like that. And it's makes, like you say, Max has just been on top whatever anything's throwing at him at the moment, which is which is scary because you look back at, into the season and even when, uh, you know, Miami, for example, where he, he's uh, had the, 
the problem in qualifying where messed up his lap, had stuck through the back, still won. Um, feels like it's going to take a lot to stop him at the he moment. He can't win every race, can he, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't. He can't win, win every race. Okay, let's now move finally to our P1 of the race or of the, of the weekend. Uh, and I'm going for Lando Norris um, because we've <clears throat> we've lauded Max Verstappen enough. And one day he will win P1 when no one else has got 10 out of 10s. But there is another <laughs> driver with a 10 out of 10. It's Lando Norris. And uh, yeah, amazing weekend from him. Uh, I have gone for Max just because Lando had a bit of a difficult sprint. Um, and uh, and also I feel like it's going to get to the end of the season and um, I've gone well just to be different and then you actually look back and you've not given it to Max once so no I, I, will, I will give it to Max because I think uh, Lando's uh, maybe could have done a bit uh, better in the sprint even though he was unlucky so still a amazing drive and worthy of driver of the day on the Sunday for sure very fair both very deserving p1s and that is pretty much it tom bellingham what are your final thoughts sir my final thoughts are i can't wait for silverstone because it's a banging racetrack hopefully there won't be a million track limit penalties and i think that silverstone you know normally delivers a banger so please come on and obviously we're going to be there it's going to be amazing we're going to be there and we're going to be on the main stage at half 11 on the sunday Mm. and we're going to be doing our washed opinions in front of a lot of people (laughs) for half an hour yeah oh my god maybe we should do driver ratings on on the stage and see how booed we can get yeah we'd get fruit thrown (laughs) at us i think mate to be honest with you so um but yeah that is pretty much it my final thoughts are yes please come and say hello to us uh at the british grand prix if you see us because we will be around friday saturday and Sunday milling around fan zones and all kinds of stuff so uh, we'll also do a few meetups uh, we'll, we'll arrange something on our social media to uh, if Elon Musk hasn't killed uh, Twitter um, that'll be a good start but um, yeah, but yeah we'll, we'll arrange a few things over the weekend of course on that Sunday we'll, we'll say hello to some people after we've done our main stage stuff but on the Friday and Saturday we're, we'll be around so um, yeah that is pretty much it thank you very much everybody it is race week it's the British Grand Prix can't wait can't win everyone can he Tommy <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.